Hello and welcome to the Midweek Podcast. This is Pastor Cooper and glad you're joining us. Um, the heart behind this podcast is to have another episode styling um, that's a little bit more directed towards expanding on our Sunday messages because we might not have enough time to maybe speak on every part we wanted to. So either myself or Pastor Mark or whoever's maybe speaking that Sunday might have an opportunity to speak a little bit more, but also I think it's a good space to also um, just to comment on our cultural moments and to submit those things under the authority of God's scripture and to just dialogue um, on what's happening and to just have that frame of reference within God's word um, because God's word is king. And so it's happening in the midweek and it's another tool just to encourage um, the church body um, in our discipleship as we know Jesus and live for him daily. And so hopefully you are encouraged by listening to this, maybe challenged or maybe uh, encourages you to ask more questions. We are always up for that as well. So um, here is what is coming up this week for the Midweek uh, episode. All right. Well, welcome to the Midweek podcast. It's uh, me, Pastor Cooper, and Pastor Mark. Pastor Mark. Yeah. All right. Here we go. We're in the, his house. Yeah. Um, so I think what we mentioned in our last week of podcasting was we're going to start going back into our scheduled podcasts. Um, we're talking a little bit about some apologetics, um, scripture, because our spiritual discipline series is talking about the importance of reading the Bible and having that be like foundational. We're doing that 77-day reading challenge. And so we thought, hey, we should just talk about the Bible yeah. and how this is a good thing to rely on yep. <laughs> and to have in your life. And um, there's, you know, there's some maybe thoughts and sometimes from outside people are like, well, maybe man made this thing. I can't trust in it and blah, 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 blah. And so right. we thought, well, let's just talk about it, have mm-hmm. a good dialogue about that, um, do some apologetics for it and give the heart behind um, just the Bible and really our heart behind how this is the inspired word of God. Right. And, then, and we need to, we need to have this <clears throat> embedded into our heart because if we don't, we are lost. Yeah. <laughs> We are we are up a creek without a paddle. Yes. And so we need the word of God for that. Um, before we do, we have a little maybe this week could be a life change for the Postuma family. Yes. Um, because Allie, your daughter, yeah. is was due. Her due date already has passed. Yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. It was the due date. So the first so grandkid. We're, we're plus one now. You're plus one. We're plus one. Yeah. There. <laughs> <laughs> so is it is it just like everybody's on edge just waiting for like that call or that text? Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, we're waiting. Yeah. <laughs> but nobody's on edge as much as Allie. She's oh, like, let's sure. go. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. We did some curb walking the other day, try to get that baby out. They went for a long walk yesterday. So nice. Yeah, she's ready. She's ready to have that baby. And I'm excited for her. And yeah. She's going to be an awesome mom. And Ryan's going to be a great dad. And yeah. And uh, I think we're going to be good grandparents. So oh, we'll you're going to be great grandparents. Yeah. We're looking yeah. forward to it. You're not going to be great grandparents no not yet correct yeah. yes let's, let's clarify that <laughs> but you're going to be excellent grandparents yeah. yes. <laughs> wait how does that work we don't know yes <laughs> so yeah. yeah well cool well let's just dive into this conversation yeah. um about like can the bible be trusted and yeah. um i want to just talk a little bit kind of as foundationally um about the inspiration of scripture yeah and what that means and there was a definition um that I had in one of my classes just not too long ago about this. And I want to just read this inspiration. <laughs> I want to read this. This is not inspired. This definition. Is, <laughs> yeah. this is a definition. Yeah, this is a of definition. What inspiration means. Yes, yes. yes. Um, it says this inspiration is that concurrent work of a holy God 
and a fallen human, whereby the Holy Spirit so moved the human author that God got exactly what he wanted, his perfect word, without compromising or destroying the personality of the human author. So talking about mm. dual authorship, that yeah. God is writing through man, yeah. but so perfectly that he's getting exactly what he wants to communicate to his people through yeah. God's word. And we have a couple of those kind of home run verses about um, just God's inspired word. The big one is 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, yeah. that all skip scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete equipped for every good work. And then um, another one that I think is just great is in 2 Peter, um, and it starts in verse 19, and it says, and we have the prophetic, oh wait, no. 20. Yeah, there it is. My notes got messed up. Knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. It's not just man. Yeah. God is a part of it. For no mm. prophecy was ever produced by the will of men, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Mm. So I think what we want to just kind of start off with is the Bible, the Word of God. It is inspired. Mm -hmm. It is God using humans, yeah. but the perfect God to give exactly what needs to be communicated outwardly through His text. And it's it's good. It's perfect. Yeah. It is it is used for teaching and for rebuke and for giving us what we need, you know, so that we are I guess trained into all righteousness for the for the good works of God. Um so Mark, do you want to just maybe talk a little bit also on the inspiration of scripture and how yeah. that's important that as believers we hold to that value that yeah. the scriptures are inspired. Yeah, I think that well, first of all, this is important, and this is a really, really important conversation because we kind of hold to this idea that everything we do is wrapped up in the Word of God. Mm -hmm. It's it's what we draw from, but it's also the um, standard to which we mm -hmm. mark our life yeah. to. So like everything we do at church, we try to be biblical. We mm -hmm. try to honor God's Word in that. Everything in our personal life, we try to, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be a good husband based on God's Word. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to be a good... Uh, father based on God's word. I'm trying to be a good pastor based on God's word. I'm trying to live out my life here on earth mm -hmm. uh, with other people I'm in relationship with and in the world around me based on how God's word tells me to live mm -hmm. and how Jesus wanted me to live. That's written in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And so we actually make decisions yeah. based on what God's word says. We we're on mission based on what God's word says. So this is really important. Mm -hmm. So the fact that it's true and it's the truth of what God says is huge because we're living our life based on it. Mm -hmm. And we even help other people make decisions based upon God's word mm -hmm. in pastoral ways. And so this is extremely important. Yeah. And then also the verse you shared in, in second Timothy three is so important. There's that phrase that, you know, the word of God is, is the breath of God mm -hmm. or, or God's breath. Right. Mm -hmm. And what we understand about that from Genesis chapter one is that's how creation happened. Mm -hmm. You know, man became a living being when God breathed into the dirt mm -hmm. yep. and a man became a living being. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what we're saying and what the writer of second Timothy three, the apostle Paul was saying is that the word of God is not only the inspired work of God, it's the creative work of God. It's mm -hmm. the breath of God. It's the life of God mm -hmm. for us today. 
And so this is why we need it. This is why yeah. it's absolutely essential mm-hmm. for us. And yeah. that's why it's also important for us to prove why it's real, yeah. why it's true, and why we can, yeah. you know, lock, stock, and barrel. This is what I'm giving my whole life yeah. to. And so I think that's sometimes some of the hang-ups that people yes, might absolutely. have. Is it's like, okay, like you're using yeah. scripture to maybe like prove to itself. itself. Right, yeah. and like, which, uh, you know, and sometimes there's a hang-up there, which we're like, yeah, that that... That could be a hang-up, right? Yes, right. Um, but what, what are some of the other ways that we can see yep. Scripture as still true? Mm-hmm. I mean, we we believe by faith, right? Right. This is the inspired Word of God. Yeah. We've seen, and we'll get into this a little bit more with the mm-hmm. prophecies and things like that, but but how how else do we see that Scripture is yeah. true, is solid, is something that we can depend on? Yeah, and that's really good because... We, we do believe that it's true because it's changed our lives. But other people could say, well, I had this other book change my life, mm-hmm. you know? And so, um, and that, that could be true as well, but did it affect your eternal life? You know, and that, and that's a challenge. And because we're talking about eternity and because we're talking about where we spend eternity, we want to know, and we want to be hundred percent. So another good thing is to go outside the Bible. So let's go outside the Bible to prove that the Bible is real. And to prove that the things inside it are mm-hmm. true and valid and actually took place. So one of those things we look at, or the first thing we look at is prophecy. So mm-hmm. prophecy is those things where, you know, a prophet said something and he said something would take place. And then we want to, we want to find out if that, if that happened, mm-hmm. did that happen? And did that come true? What was written down in the Bible that we see written down on, in the Bible? Did it come true? And what we've discovered is, yeah, a hundred percent of the time that the prophet said something, it came true and we can see it over and over mm-hmm. and over again. Historically, the things that prophets said would happen in the old Testament and in the new, they happened. They mm-hmm. literally happened. So a prophet would say, you know, the Israelites, you're going to go into captivity. The Babylonians are going to come. They're going to conquer you because you're not being faithful to God and you're going to be in captivity for 70 years. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Babylonians came 586 BC. It's not, it's historically accurate material during the life of Jeremiah and the Kings that were there. Um, their names are there. The prophecy happened. Mm-hmm. They were in captivity for 70 years and then they came back. So, you know, it all comes true. We, we could talk about that for all day long, right? Mm-hmm. moment after moment, after moment, after moment. And I know you'll share a couple more. Another one is geography. So in the Bible, there are names of places, mountains, rivers, lakes, Seas, mm-hmm. um, there's all kinds of geographical yeah, landmarks, little towns, little towns yeah. big towns, geographical landmarks all over the Middle East, North Africa, um, you know, Syria, Lebanon, into mm-hmm. you know, Rome, Turkey, what's modern day Turkey, all of those places. You can go find all those cities today, mm-hmm. except for the ones that are gone. You can't find Sodom and Gomorrah anymore, right? right. <laughs> you can't find, you yeah. know, uh, um, you know, some of the cities in Babylon. Well, they're, they're even like, discovering more cities. Oh, and they're discovering more and more. Because, oh, yeah. like, the Sea of Galilee has, like, yep. flooded areas, and yeah. they're like, or else it's, like, now, like, like mm-hmm. receding. They're like, oh, yeah. wait, hey, this is that town that was that town. in Jesus' ministry they talked about. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so so all those geography things, we find mm-hmm. all of them. I mean, you can find that mountain. Hey, there it is. Mm-hmm. You can find that sea. There it is. They're all there. They're, they're not made up. They're not fictitional. Mm-hmm. They're not, none of them. They're all accurate places. Mm-hmm. Another one is names of individuals. Mm-hmm. So we can look at names of individuals that are in the Bible, and then we find that name of that. In, so let's say, so one, let me just give you, throw one out here. So um, Daniel's Babylonian name was Belteshazzar. Mm-hmm. 
well, we find his name in Babylonian writings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we find that his Babylonian name was, was in and he was being recorded about in these other Babylonian writings, yeah. proving that he was a real person that was really alive mm-hmm. in Babylon and the things that took place that are recorded in the Bible that he wrote down are true. Yeah. Um, and we see that all over the place, that names of individuals that were mm-hmm. in the Old Testament and in the New Testament are listed in other writings. Mm-hmm. And so proving that those individuals were, were true as well. And then other historical writings. We yeah. have tons of other extra yeah. biblical historical writings that all prove that the Bible is true. Mm-hmm. They all support it. None of the historical writings prove that the Bible wasn't true. They all proved that it was true. Mm-hmm. Uh, they support that the Bible was true and that the things that happened in the Bible took place. Mm-hmm. And then another one is science. I mean, there are things in the Bible like the earth is revolving around the sun. And then finally, you know, we, we finally figure out the earth revolves around the sun. And you're like, oh, geez, the Bible said that 2000 years before we mm-hmm. figured it out. You know, I mean, there are things that are scientific that we find in scripture that are all coming to pass. They're all, they're all true. They're all scientifically factually mm-hmm. um, accurate according to God's word now. And so those are ways that we look outside the Bible to prove that the Bible is real. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I'd also like to say, uh, I'm going to throw another one in there mm-hmm. that might sound like, eh, I don't know, but <laughs> for me is, is kind of another proof um, that the Bible is true. And it's this, no other book in history or now ever is scrutinized like the Bible. No, mm. no book. We don't ever, in, you can go to any college campus anywhere in the United States, nobody questions the Quran. Nobody. Why? Why don't we question it as a religious book? Because it's not the truth. Satan doesn't want um, us questioning the Quran. He knows it's not the truth. He wants us questioning what the truth is. He wants teachers telling students not to believe in the truth. And so there's a there's a spiritual undergird there's a spiritual swell underneath our physical life a spiritual battle we see that in scripture but there's something happening where the Bible is always attacked mm-hmm. no other book is attacked only the Bible because it's God's word and mm-hmm. Satan wants the Bible attacked not any mm-hmm. other books he actually wants people to believe in those other books so they'll get mm-hmm. hooked into this false yeah. idea and they're hooked into it mm-hmm. and they never leave it and they die and they lose their chance for eternal life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, for me, that's another reason that I just, mm-hmm. I just see the Bible as a truth because it's so, yeah. it's so attacked because it is the truth and the enemy of yeah. mankind does not want us living in the truth. Yeah. I think what's also just a good reminder too, with like the Bible compared to other, you know, religious writings is it's not like what we have to do to attain Right. Nirvana or salvation mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. it is. It's a story of God coming down to yeah. earth, to his creation, to restore humanity and to restore us back to him. You know, mm-hmm. there's no other religion that has that narrative. <laughs> yeah. It's all about this person, this person, they died. And then maybe if you say this little phrase a couple of times, you might, whatever, reach right. this level of whatever lotus flower yeah. in a pond thing. It's like, no, like the, the Bible is so countercultural yeah. in, in that aspect of it's mm-hmm. God coming down to rescue yeah. his people through Jesus. Mm-hmm. 
and that's life changing. It is that's completely life changing, which is different from any other um, religious writing. In that, yeah, I wanted to um, just talk a little bit about some of the apologetics, which you did right there as well. But some of the like prophecies, because um, yeah. I think that's one of the great ways you can say, hey, like these things were written mm-hmm. by prophets, and there was time that took. And then they came true through the life of Jesus. Well, people can say, well, they could write that after Jesus was yeah. living. And so that's really easy to do. Well, well, the prophet who was alive 800 years before couldn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so um, it's kind of, I think, the famous, um, a lot of people know or heard of this who kind of looked into the apologetics, but it's the Dead Sea Scrolls. Yep. It's the discovery mm-hmm. of the actual you know, documents written almost a thousand years. Um, I think it's about a thousand years. I think yeah. I have in my notes. Um, before the life of Christ. Yep. And it's the it's the prophetic language. And it's saying, like, this is what's going to happen through our Messiah. Yeah. Talking about crucifixion and stuff yeah. that hasn't even been invented yet. Yeah. And what so, family he's going to be born into. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. specific. Very, very specific. <laughs> and so I want to read a little excerpt from a message I did about a year ago talking about this, um, just with the probability yeah. if there was... Eight of the about 61 major prophecies about Jesus. So not only speaking about Jesus is the Messiah, but also the validity of Scripture. And and, and it basically says this. If we were to take... Let me find my notes here. Um, So here it is. In Josh McDowell's book, this is his book, um, Evidence That Demands a Verdict. He mentions the probability of Jesus simply fulfilling eight of these prophecies... And through the research of a statistician named Peter Stoner, um, they looked through all the, the the probabilities of him fulfilling eight of those prophecies, which Jesus did fulfill eight of them. And this is what he says. The probability is one in 10 to the 17th. So it's a very, very long list of numbers. And he says, to put this in a term that maybe we can see visually, he says this, suppose that we take 10 to the 17 silver dollars and lay them on the face of Texas face up. They will cover the state of Texas two feet deep. Now mark one of these silver dollars and stir the whole mass thoroughly all over the state. Blindfold a man and tell him he can travel as far as he wishes, but he must pick up one silver dollar and say, this is the right one. That's the same chance (laughs) that it is for Jesus to fulfill just eight of the 61 prophecies that he fulfilled. Yeah. I mean, you can look at that and be like, yeah, Jesus is who he says he is, mm-hmm. but the Bible is legit. Right. Like, yes. they put those prophetic things out and they are fulfilled. And it yeah. wasn't written after the life of Jesus. No. It was written well before. Yeah. There is significant prophetic statements that are being fulfilled and have been fulfilled. And that has never happened in any other religious writing no. at all. Yeah. This most, is, most religious writings, you can prove the opposite. Right. That things were right. said and they never came to pass. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think there's some, some significant things when it comes to prophetic things being fulfilled through the life of Jesus and just as Scripture um, unfolds itself. I mean, it's it's just one of those things you're like, wow, like <laughs> yeah. you you can't you can't deny the the probability of that. That's that's science. It's math. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just saying like this is literally impossible. Yeah, but it happened. So you're saying you can prove the Bible with math and science. You, you, I guess you can. <laughs> yes, you yeah. can. Yes, yeah. you can. X plus Y equals Z. I don't know. Yeah. Is that a yeah. math formula? <laughs> well, A squared plus just, B squared plus C squared. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. But those those prophecies are huge, you mm-hmm. know, and I, I forget 
you know, specifically what the eight are, but like being born of the line of David, mm-hmm. being born in the town of Bethlehem, being born of a virgin, um, you know, they're, they're very specific prophecies mm-hmm. too. They're not, they're not like he would be born in the West. Well, gosh, that could apply to 5 billion people. You know, they're mm-hmm. very specific prophecies as well. Yep. So they're not so vague um, that anybody could fulfill those eight things. They're so specific. Like when you say, okay, here, here's, he's got to be of the family of David. Okay, well, we've narrowed it way down. Mm-hmm. He's got to be born of a virgin. Okay, well, now we've narrowed it down to one person ever mm-hmm. that's lived. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, um, he's got to be born in Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. Okay, now we've narrowed it really far down. Bethlehem's a really small town. There's not very many people mm-hmm. that live there. Um, we're narrowing it way down. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're getting more and more finite the, the more you add to it. And so it mm-hmm. just becomes, it just adds to the validity. Um, same with the Dead Sea Scrolls. Mm-hmm. Um, you find, when you find hundreds of scrolls mm-hmm. that have been hidden by the Maccabeans in these caves and they, they were holding on to these things as like their Bible too, you know, as scripture, as God breathed scripture. Mm-hmm. And that's why they hid them. You know, they wanted to preserve them. And now we find them 800 to 1,000 years later and they're all exactly the same. Mm-hmm. They haven't changed. Right. Um, that's proof that what we're believing and what we're holding our life to as well mm-hmm. is, is God breathed. It's, mm-hmm. it's what the Lord is asking us to follow mm-hmm. along with other works. You know, the works of Josephus, who is a you know, Jewish historian who um, talks about events that took place in the New Testament mm-hmm. He talks about that same event. Mm-hmm. He talks about the crucifixion of Christ. He yeah. talks about different things that were taking place um, during the life and time of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And he's he's validating those yeah. things. Yeah. He's validating Jesus' life. He's va- And not only Jesus' life, but he's validating how life was being lived then. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is talking about how life is being lived then, and it matches what Josephus is saying, and vice versa. And so all of these things begin to confirm what... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what God was saying and what God was yeah. doing. Um, and I think that's good. Yeah. But yeah. at some point somebody's going to say, but, but didn't we kind of put it together as, right. as men? Yeah. And, and that's where we get to the canon of the Bible. So mm-hmm. yeah, I just, to, yeah, just ask that, that question. So, um, people might say like, like you were just saying, man put together what they wanted right. to control society. Let's say mm-hmm. like they put yeah. it all together cause they want the power and all these things. But is, is there an actual, um, I guess, way mm-hmm. that the canon came about? Was yes. it was it just guys just blindfolded, just picked this scripture, that scripture, and this book, yeah, and that book? No. Like, is there is there a, a standard? In, and I guess, what is the church's role in that standard? Yeah. Is it just like, yeah, we have all the power, we get to pick and choose what we want, and so deal right. with it? Maybe just kind of give some, some um, insight to that. Yeah, let's talk about that for a minute, because I think the... There's a, there's a real big question between the the authority or the relationship between the church and the canon. Mm-hmm. So you know, is the church um, deciding what is God's word and what's not? And what we would say is no. That, that's not what the church did. Um, the church discovered what God's word is. God's word is God's word. It's mm-hmm. it's kind of like two plus two is four. It doesn't matter what country you go to or mm-hmm. where you go, two plus two is four. You, you can't deny it. You can't argue with it. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. So what, what the church 
did was discover what the canon is. So um, like an incorrect view would be that the church determined what God's word is. That's not true. We didn't determine what God's word is. We discovered what God's mm-hmm. word is. And we went through a process to discover what God's word was. And we did put some parameters in there so that we could discover what it was so that we didn't determine what it was. We didn't want to determine what it was. We wanted to make a decision and say, okay, which, which letters and books that we have and writings that we have are actually God's word. And what are writings that are maybe a great historical writing and a great, uh, something that we could find culture from and, Mm -hmm. and, and maybe even like, okay, that's a great writing. Like we would have a Christian book today Mm -hmm. and we would say, that's a great Christian book, but it's not God's word. Right. Mm -hmm. We have stuff like that from other centuries and other writers, writers as well. Mm -hmm. And so, but we want to say, we want to discover what God's word is. So the church is, is also not, it's not the regulator of the Mm -hmm. canon. We're not regulating God's word. We're just recognizing it. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not the judge of God's word. We're just a witness of it. And mm-hmm. we're not the master of it. We're the servant of it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's the biblical view. The biblical view is we're, we're discovering what God's word is. Mm-hmm. We're recognizing what it is. We've become the witness and the mm-hmm. servant of what it is. We're not the one who's determining it and deciding right. what it is. God's already decided. Yeah. We're just figuring out what he decided. Yeah. And so that takes us into that realm of, okay, you know, okay, but how did we decide that? Yeah. How, yeah I was, was going to ask, like, what were some of the ways to discover right. the canon of scripture? What were some of the parameters? And some of the parameters. So, um, and, and this is something that is, is a little bit, um, well known, I guess we would say, but there, there are parameters and, and some, some, Different individuals might have used a different parameter than others, but for the most part, most of the parameters went something like this and how we would discover whether a word, a Mm -hmm. book or a writing was from God. We'd have to go through a couple parameters like, Mm -hmm. like was the book written by a prophet of God? So were they someone that in their lifetime we could prove they were hearing from God and the things that they were hearing from God were coming true, okay? Right, we want to know that that person was a prophet of God. Another thing that we would discover is, was the writer confirmed by acts of God? Were there, were there miraculous parts of their life that were coming true and, and things that they did and miracles that they um, prayed for God to do, they actually happened? Another determining factor was, does the message tell the truth about God? Mm-hmm. So... We've got all kinds of writings that we can kind of compare with one another, and we want to discover, does the message tell the truth about God? When we look at all of this material together, we want to discover that it tells the truth about God, not a false truth about God. Um, Another question was, did it come with the power of God, right? So the Bible is different than any other book in the fact that it can literally transform the human heart. Mm Mm-hmm just by reading it, simply by reading it. Um, and that can be a challenge in and of itself because some people could say, well, I read it and you know, nothing happened to mm-hmm. me. Um, but then another person could say, man, I read it and it completely ch- changed my life and I've never been the same. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, but, uh, some books, well, all other books, I don't change anyone. I mean, mm-hmm. a, a thousand people could read them and nobody says, well, I, you know, I was I was reading 
Harry Potter and uh, my life's the same. <laughs> my life's never changed, you know. Yeah. Um, or I'm reading a good book about a nice Western I like or something, but it, it didn't change me. The Bible comes with the power of God. And so the message of God is is backed by the might of God, by the power of God. Mm-hmm. And we believe that the word of God accomplishes its purpose. Mm-hmm. And that means that, that the power of God is a transforming force. The word of God is a transforming force. And when we live out the principles in God's word, change happens. Mm-hmm. The power of God is behind them. So when we follow the principles of God's word about finance and economics, we discover that our finances and our economics get better, not worse. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's sometimes it may seem so simple but you're like, well, duh, if I don't have any debt, then I'll be better off financially. That's kind of, is it like, that's a no brainer. That's the power of God. Uh huh. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> God wants us to live without debt. And so he, he knows every principle. Um, so, so we could say we're discovering what that principle of God is and we're living in the power of it. And then the last one was, was it, was it accepted by the people of God? So did the people of God recognize that person as a spokesman of God, as a prophet of God. And then did the messages in, in that writing begin to change people's lives? Did the community of the people of God recognize it also and accept it? Um, it's, it's initial acceptance and it's subsequent recognition, Mm -hmm. you know? So there's an initial acceptance where people are like, yeah, this guy was a prophet of God. We recognize his, Mm -hmm. his writing as the word of God. But then there was subsequent recognition, which meant, okay, maybe that prophet wrote about some things that were not understandable at the time. Mm -hmm. But then 200 years later, the prophet's dead. Everyone who read the letter is dead. There was initial acceptance. But some of the writing was like, I wonder if that's going to take place. And then it does 200 years later. And so then you're like, oh, wow. Well, now there's subsequent recognition that that prophet and that prophetic thing came true. So we, we really do hold that that is the word of God. So those are, those are some reasons Mm -hmm. that we, um, that we believe in God's word and that we trust in it Mm -hmm. and that we've run it through these parameters. Mm -hmm. You know, we've run every single letter, every single Mm -hmm. writing, all of them through those parameters. And if, if, you know, like there are writings, the first and second letter of Clement, for instance, Clement was a great Bishop, right. Mm -hmm. Of the church. Well, we ran the letter through those parameters and we decided, no, it's, it's not really the word of God. Now they're great. They're great writings. It'd be like an awesome Christian book today, right? You could read it and it's an awesome Christian book Mm -hmm. from a great man of God that could encourage you and inspire you to honor God's word Mm -hmm. more. But we decided, you know, and the church decided then he wasn't an apostle. That's right. He wasn't an apostle. (laughs) He wasn't a prophet. He was a great bishop. So there wasn't initial acceptance Mm -hmm. and there wasn't subsequent recognition. So we Mm -hmm. said, no for that right. one. And there's lots of writings like that where we, we just decided mm-hmm. and, and not even that we decided, we discovered, right. Mm-hmm. That that's not God's word. Right. God didn't put his stamp on that and we didn't notice that he put his stamp on it. Mm-hmm. And so we said it's out. Mm-hmm. And then other things that were clear, God put his stamp on that. Those are it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. And I think, um, another thing too, that has kind of helped me get some context to the 
the canonization of scripture. So the Council of Nicaea yeah. is like where it where it happened. That's in 323 AD. Sometimes I've thought of it as like this big board meeting of like CEOs yeah. coming to like determine stuff. But I was kind of rereading through some other historical accounts and it was that's not what it was like really. Nope. And so I want to just read through some of the context that might help you, like just whoever's listening to this, get some understanding of where the people were coming at as they are discovering the scripture, but also mm-hmm. saying, we got we, we have to cap this thing. We, right. we, we have to make this what it is because there's so many outside voices that are trying to right. manipulate and just change the true message, the gospel message of Jesus. Um, so in 312... Constantine basically takes over as the man in charge of the Battle of the Milvian Bridge, takes over, is now like deemed ruler of all of Rome. Well, then a few years later, um, he's like, the people are like, well, we got to canonize our scripture because he makes Christianity legal mm-hmm. um, after taking over all of Rome because he had this like little kind of, it's a weird historical thing, but like this, I guess, agreement with God in his way. And there was this <laughs> vision of the Cairo symbol and all that stuff. Yeah. And he's like, well, since I won... I'm going to make Christianity legal, and there's some interesting historical things with that. But right. what we do know is he makes Christianity legal. Right. Um, well, we're coming out of the Diocletian persecution. Right, which was One horrific. of the most intense. Yeah. So literally, Christians, doesn't matter how old, how young, are being killed, and from really gross ways. And I read a couple of accounts. Um, they used cows. Cows would munch on people. They would throw people they would stab them, basically kill them, or like leave them for almost dead. Put them in not just like dairy cows, but like cows that were freaking weird, <laughs> like <laughs> weird would gore you and like stomp yeah. on you, and then just start to munch on you because they were starving and so they just like, well, I'm gonna start eating you. And these these are people, pastors, you know, bishops, people who are living out this New Testament like mm-hmm. you know faith Life in the early yeah in the early yeah. church. That have had hands cut off, mm-hmm. eyes gouged out. Mm-hmm. They're now coming to this council of Nicaea. Yeah. They've they've been through it. Yeah. They're not they're not gonna be bullied by Constantine or by right. any like overarching. They're like, yeah. no. Like we've already died. I, my my family's dead because right. of my faith. Yeah. And I'm holding true to these scriptures. Right. And so they they are not just like saying, like, I'm gonna do this just for my own like approval or my own benefit. They're like, no, I literally have given my life because Christ has transformed me. Yeah. And so I want to stick true to make sure that the scriptures that I've discovered, that we've discovered collectively as the as the body of Christ right. are are remain. You know, they're yes. not taken apart because what was happening is there's still persecution going on. Yeah. But they're not coming after to kill people anymore. Because that's basically like quote unquote illegal. So what they start doing is they start just taking all their documents. Yeah. Anything that them. yeah, anything yeah. that is of Jesus, of mm-hmm. Christianity, they're they're taking it and they're burning it. Mm-hmm. So they're like, we gotta make sure that we canonize yeah. our writings because they are holy, they are inspired mm-hmm. by God, and they they are what we need. Mm-hmm. So that's what they're doing. And and I think there was a line in a book that I read that um if if the people at the Council of Nicaea were trying to carve out a little piece for themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, they they totally missed it. Yeah, they 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 totally missed that, um, because the the message of the of 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 the gospel was so pure in the transformation, 
it wasn't about them. Right. They're, they're, they're looking about, no, this is for all of mankind. Right. I'm not, I'm not getting the benefit out of this. Right. You know, I, I've given my life for yeah. this so that other people can have this transformational message of who Jesus is. It's not about me controlling anybody, mm-hmm. you know, and I think mm-hmm. it's so, so key of just understanding the context that these people who are at the, the um, Council of Nicaea are there and they have suffered. Yeah. And they're not like these CEOs who are just coming into this like, oh, I'm going to control all of mankind. No, they're saying yeah. the word of God has transformed me. Holy Spirit has transformed me. Jesus has transformed me because yeah. I have hope and salvation. And people are trying to ruin that. So let's let's make this thing official. Right. Let's canonize this stuff because we see this future of people just wanting to just tear it apart and all those yeah. things. And so, and I think before you go on, yeah. let's just pause it right there for a moment and say, uh, we can see that even happening today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that can happen at any point in human history mm-hmm. because God's word is the truth. Um, they were struggling with getting it together because mm-hmm. God wanted it to come together. And the culture that is often mm-hmm. dominated by darkness and yeah. by sin is saying, no, the enemy of mankind, the enemy of the human soul, Satan himself is saying, no, I don't want that to come together. Mm-hmm. I don't, now that the Bible is together, he's saying what I, I want teachers, professors, the culture to say and do things to mm-hmm. discredit God's word. I want yeah. politicians to discredit God's word. Uh, I want to institute things in the culture that discredit God's word. And so even now, right now, 2021, we're seeing things mm-hmm. where God's word is being discredited in the mind of the public mm-hmm. and trying to be drawn, you know, drug through, um, and, and manipulated mm-hmm. and being told that it's not true when it really mm-hmm. is because the enemy of the Bible wants God's yeah. word not to be seen as true. But yeah. in the beginning, uh, I'll let you continue now. I just wanted to make that little point oh, no, that, that, that's, that that's, that that's what can happen in any generation. Yep. Yep. And I think like what you're saying too is, is right on. And, and even for you to continue on the thought, like this is now consistent, right? Like, the whole of scripture is it's, it's not changing, right? Like This is what it is. And it's by all people, like from the Christian faith, like you said, recognize and, and yeah. accept it. And this is what it is. It's been consistent forever. Yeah. You know, it's not like the constitution that we can amend it or change it. And well, we just don't agree with that anymore. And right. this or that it's like, no, this is God's inspired word. It's his, it's his perfect word that he mm-hmm. has breathed out. It's not changing. Right. This is what God has deemed perfect. Yeah. So we're not going to amend this thing just because we don't like something in it. Yes. It's like, no, we submit to scripture. We Correct. don't tell scripture to change on our own basis or our own feelings. It's like, right. no, this is, this is set. This is what it is. Mm-hmm. And I think it's good to point out too, they're, they're not too far removed from Christ. Like we're 2000 years removed from Christ. Mm-hmm. They're just a couple hundred years removed mm-hmm. from Christ. So it's, it's still really in a pure, a, a fairly pure state. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, you know, I, I think that when we get to a finalization of the canon, so they run all these writings through those parameters mm-hmm. They run them through the parameters. And what's interesting is many of the people come from all over the world to come to the council and, and they, they mm-hmm. don't have email. They're not talking. Right. <laughs> they're, right. they're not texting one another. 
They're not, hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about that one? What do you think about the line in this letter? Mm-hmm. They all come together and they pretty much have the same list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they need to talk about a couple letters and mm-hmm. they make some decisions about a couple letters and a couple books in the Old Testament. But um, they pretty much already all have the same list of what should mm-hmm. be in the Old Testament Correct. and what should be in the New Testament because God's putting his stamp on it. Mm-hmm. God's spirit is moving this thing. Mm-hmm. If it was us, if it was just man, we'd all come together with different lists mm-hmm. that were based on our agenda, our opinion, mm-hmm. uh, our way of thinking. But no, it was spirit led. So we end up with um, mm-hmm. things that come together to be God's word because it was God moving and mm-hmm. God putting the stamp on it. Yep. Yeah. Which takes us, I think we're kind of, we're kind of getting to conclusion now, right? Uh, I yeah. So. Yeah. I, I, uh, I think so. I think, I think what we're basically saying is like the importance that the Bible yeah. plays in our lives. Yeah. We have to have it be the foundation of our life. Mm-hmm. Like Jesus talks about in his ministry, gotta be yeah. that firm foundation of everything or else we're going to be like a, you know, house on sinking sand. Right. Yes, exactly. And so with that, we have to then depend on the Bible. Yeah. And we, we know from Scripture, it says, no, this, this is good. And we're like, yeah, and we have faith that it is good. Mm-hmm. But we also see from outside, like, like you're saying, it is confirmed. It is so much about it is like, even from outside sources, this is reliable and accurate. Yeah. This is, this is a good thing. It's yeah. not fantasy novels. It's not whatever the Scientology-like things yeah. are about, you know, basically science fiction. This, mm-hmm. is, this is the truth. And we need to adhere to that truth. We need to submit yeah. to that truth because it is unchanging. And like you were saying, in our culture, everything's changing. Yes. We got to have a constant. Yeah. And scripture is constant. Yeah. It, it is, is the, the absolute. And I think it's also interesting, you know, if you look at church history, every, it almost seemed for a while there, at least, every century they were revisiting it. Mm-hmm. Like, did we get it right? And they would conclude, yep. We got it right. We mm-hmm. we got the canon correct. We got what should be in the Old Testament, what should be in the New Testament. And that happened over and over and over and over mm-hmm. again for nearly a thousand years. Mm-hmm. And then even when we start translating, when the Bible starts to get translated into other languages, mm-hmm. when it gets translated into German, you know, mm-hmm. the first Bibles, um, they went through all that again. You know, hey, we if we're going to translate it into German or into English or into mm-hmm. French or into, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. Dutch, whatever, we better make sure that we've got it right. And they did it. They went through the process again. You know, mm-hmm. are these the correct books? And we, yep, they are. And so we end up with this constant. Now, let me just kind of conclude with this that I mm-hmm. think is really important. Why do we need, why, why do we need the Bible? Why, why do we need that constant? It is so important for us as mankind to have a constant mm-hmm. because we so easily go astray. We so easily want to follow our own opinion, our own agenda, our own philosophies, our own ideas. It's so easy for us to just say, hey, I'm going to do it this way. Um, And God wanted us to have the truth. And that's what God's word is. It's a constant. It's like um, when we discover how high a mountain is or how far deep you went in the ocean, there's a constant. And the constant is sea level, zero. We've decided that the constant that we will um, measure everything off of is sea level. So the mountain is such and such height, 2,000 feet, 4,000 feet. Well, why, how can we say that it's that many feet? 
because we have a base and the base is sea level, right? I went this deep in the ocean. Well, how do you know you went that deep? Because the constant is sea level. That's mm -hmm. the top. And I went down, right? Um, same as, so we have these things in our world that are the constants that we discover that we need as people. When we talk about what speed we're going, the constant is zero. The speed I'm going is when I start my motion, I'm now going whatever speed is faster mm -hmm. or greater than zero. Um, so there are constants everywhere in the world. What God wanted us to have is mankind because he loves us and he wants what's best for mm -hmm. us. He wanted us to have a constant and that's God's word. And so what he's saying is I want you to have something in your life that you can always look at mm -hmm. to say, this is what I have for you. Mm -hmm. This is, this is the best way to live. And this is what will allow you to be the best human that you can possibly be mm -hmm. if you live in my truth. Now, here's what we find historically. Every other document that mankind has put together, and some of them have been great, they all change. Right now, the mm -hmm. Constitution. We, this, this election we just had, there was a lot of talk about what? Some of us want to change the Constitution. Mm -hmm. One side wants to change it one way. The other side wants to change it a different way. We're talking about changing the document. What are we saying? We're not going to have any constant in our life. Right. What we're saying as Americans is we want no constant. We want to be able to manipulate and change whatever we can based on however we feel in the moment or during that generation. Well, that means any crazy, ridiculous thing can happen. Mm -hmm. That we have no foundation. We have no constant. We have no regular thing that we can point to and say, this is how mm -hmm. life should be. We can end up with the craziest thinking mm -hmm. and the most ridiculous way of living mm -hmm. because we've got a document that's going to be in constant flux yeah. instead of saying, no, this is the document. And this is why, by the way, quick rabbit trail, we're going to say, I trust in God's word. I put my hope in God's word. I put everything mm -hmm. in Christ, not in the constitution, not in a political party, not in a president. Jesus Christ is my hope, my peace, my joy, my strength, my mm -hmm. foundation, the one I put my trust in. Mm -hmm. No one else but him and his word. Yeah. If something else, no matter how good it may sound, contradicts God's word, it's out. Mm -hmm. That's what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And that's why those, those men and women were willing to have their eyes gouged out and mm -hmm. willing to be thrown to the lions and willing to be impaled by the Roman emperors. Why? Because they realized this is the constant. I have mm -hmm. a constant in my life. And guess what? It doesn't matter if you kill me or not. Mm -hmm. I have the constant. There's literally nothing you can do to me. In fact, all you do is send me straight to eternal life to my savior. Mm -hmm. right. <laughs> in yeah. some ways, like it's going to hurt for a minute, but you're doing me a favor. You're sending mm -hmm. me to heaven. Um, and so when you understand that constant, um, everything in this life, you, you still see all the, the trouble that we do to one another as man outside of mm -hmm. Christ and life in Christ and living correctly for Christ, I should say, yeah. because I, it is true that certain men and women can take God's word and manipulate mm -hmm. it and change it yeah. and do what they want with it. Um, cause you can do that with anything. Um, and uh, we have, that's why we have to come to the truth of God's word and scripture. Mm -hmm. And um, 
That's why we need that constant. Mm-hmm. It's got to be there. And that's why we say God's word is that constant. Yep. And everything else will get dictated by the constant. That's good. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to have a couple of resources in the like show notes. So of the podcast and a little blurb that you can go to um, and just maybe look up yourself to read or just get some more study on. Yeah. Um, but we're also, I think, following this, we're going to talk about how to really study the Bible, some hermeneutics based yeah. on that. Because we kind of set the foundation like the word is constant. It is good. It is trustworthy. It is inspired by God. Well, now let's let's apply that constant to our life. And what, what are some of the ways that we can do that appropriately? And yes. like you just mentioned, some people can take things out of context. And mm-hmm. so how, how do we know that we're doing this correctly? Yeah. You know, and so we're going to talk about some of the hermeneutics um, or the study of Scripture and how to really take the truth of Scripture out and apply it to our lives. And so we're going to talk about that in the next episode or two mm-hmm. as well, um, just because we really believe the Word of God is is truly what we need um, yeah. 24-7. So mm-hmm. let's be good studies and let's be st- studiers. Stewards. Stewards. Yeah. Stewards yeah. God's word. Stewarders is yeah. whatever the word is. <laughs> um, scholars. I, I'm, scholars. Yeah, who yes. knows? But let, let's be people that are really putting God's law into our heart yeah. and, and meditating on it day and night, yeah. um, like, like it says in the Psalms. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we're going to be and doing. Then, like Jesus said, put it into practice. Yeah. That's how you yeah. know that the wisdom of God's word is a part of your life. You've mm-hmm. put it into practice. Yep, that's good. And so just another little shout out to our 77-day Bible challenge. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great way to just jump on board and yeah. to start making that a daily habit mm-hmm. um, to, to be reading scripture and applying mm-hmm. it to your life. And so if you haven't jumped on, um, do it. We got the materials on our website, mm-hmm. um, the bookmarks and like the reading plan, also some little kind of... Mm-hmm. I guess tips and tricks to yeah. read the Bible and get some of out of it, which we're going to discuss a little bit the next week and stuff. But yeah, and this is a great time to jump in because mm-hmm. tomorrow is the start of the a new round or a, yeah, a new a new. Well, I guess it would be so. yesterday because they're going to hear this on Wednesday. Well, yeah, that's so true. Yeah, they're in the you'll future. Be, you'll hear we're this the, on Wednesday. <laughs> so that yesterday was, was the perfect time to start. Yeah. So prophetically, you <laughs> will know this perfectly on Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yesterday. So it's yeah. a great time for yeah. you to start. And hey, I just want to give a shout out to, if maybe something just came up while you listen to this podcast mm-hmm. and you just say, hey, I, I got a bigger question. Can I mm-hmm. ask something? Just email us. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm Mark at cheneyfacener.org and, Cooper's Cooper at geniefacer.org. So um, just shoot us an email and we, we love to, you know, talk about scripture and mm-hmm. talk about what God's doing in you and in us and in the world. And so um, give us, give us a shout out if you have yeah. a question or comment. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, we're going to sign off for this week. All right. Thanks everybody. for listening and joining. And do um, you want to do the, the old sign yeah. off? All right. Remember Jesus loves you very much. So do Kate and I, And uh, hopefully you'll hear a baby crying next (laughs) podcast, right?